podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so we're back as this lazy bank holiday winds down as some managers exult with a fair wind in their sails. I'm joined by tonight as we head into the big one in terms of this year's showpiece double game week 36, whereas others, like maybe myself, just want it all to end as quickly as possible. Like, no, end it now. Just end this season. Four more pods left, Harry. Four more pods, and then we can just forget this ever happened. Anyway, <laughs> a quick note that I've got a bit of an annoying post-COVID cough, so I might be less vocal than usual today. Apologies for any kind of splustering online, etc. I'm joined by Harry again, and also a guest this evening, as I've mentioned, a fried chicken connoisseur, Newcastle fan, and a pod debutante as well, in Thinesh, aka at FPL underscore TT. Uh, please introduce yourself to the good people, for those who have never met you before. I met you on meet and we've shared some fried chicken together, haven't we? We have. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Harry, for having me on. Yeah, like Tom said, my name's Thinesh. If you know me on Twitter, I go by the handle FPLTT, not to be confused with uh, Thomas Tuchel, who's seem to have stolen my initials there so uh, yeah I guess I've been playing FPL for about 15 this is my 15th season now and it's going pretty well this season so I'm sure we'll get into some team chat as well but yeah big Newcastle fan and aside from that yeah I like Tom said I, do, I don't mind a little bit of fried chicken so Thomas Tuchel seems to be stealing your initials but it's up for debate who's having a bit of a better season out of the two of you you seem to be fine we'll talk about We'll talk about that in a minute. Thank you to everyone again coming back. Yeah, not too long left, Tom. Hoping that the last few weeks continue as well for me as the previous ones have. But yeah, I can understand why quite a lot of people are hoping for the season to end. It's been a long slog for a lot of people. Just three game weeks left now. The big 36, which we will talk about. We are Who Got the Assist. You can find Tom at WGTA underscore FPL. You can find myself at FPL underscore Harry. As we've mentioned, we'll do mainly looking at 36 in combination with 37 and 38 in this as well. The usual market forces, game week update and mini league update as well to start off with. And yeah, no discrete kind of third section this week. It's just going to, most listener questions will organically go into the main section as has been the way over the last few podcasts. Right, first up, it's the game week reviews, uh, how we've been getting on. I know, obviously, we're recording just timestamp this as the Man United game is just in the second half, but let's just see how we're getting on. So, as intimated, Manesh, you've had a really, really good season thus far, even though you spunked all your chips, you're still going strong. How did this game week go for you? And kind of just give us a bit more detail about how you've done this season thus far. Yeah, so this week, I feel like I've got very lucky. I'm on 65 points, uh, and that's with a Gabriel Wildozov <laughs> off the bench for 11 points. And I didn't have Son, um, so somehow I've managed to escape this game week. And um, I'm on a pretty decent green arrow, um, up to 1.7k. So, yeah, been a really good week, and that's my highest rank of the season so far. Well, like, how do you normally tend to perform? Is this like your best ever season? Do you tend to kind of mess around in these sort of upper echelons? Like, how do you tend to play it? I think recent seasons have been a lot better. Um, I joined like the Twitter community about four years ago. And ever since then, like my results or my ranks have been way better than what it was before. I've, I've definitely taken the game a lot more seriously. Uh, and that's definitely helped um, in terms of my output and just understanding the game a lot better. So this is this hopefully will be my first top 10K finish. And I was really close a couple of seasons ago where I finished 11K. So It'll be really good to finally get over the line 
if I can't do it at the end of the season. Uh, cool. It sounds like you're definitely going to make it, even though, as we'll speak about in a bit, you don't have any chips left. So you may have to approach the next couple of game weeks slightly differently and perhaps invest in a very large sofa. For me, as the excrement in the uh, sandwich of you guys, I'm, I'm 48 minus four this week, uh, all out, which is not great, obviously. Luca Dean sold him for Cancelo and Luca Dean appeared out of nowhere thought he'd been gone for the season but no um uh, actually in fairness I'd never played Luca Dean this week so I was convinced he was out for the whole season anyway so I got rid of him for Cancelo financed by selling Kai Havertz to Jacob Ramsey but basically the story was as it seems to have been throughout the last kind of few weeks and indeed throughout the season not having one player or kind of choosing one player in the 50 year of another has uh, really not gone well uh, so no son um, and uh, Kane uh, captain for me uh, just for the 12 I managed to bench Martinelli six points as well uh, which is a bit annoying but nonetheless I, I thought that he was less likely to start um, compared to Breuer and Wood so yeah well, a little bit frustrating overall um, I think I'm kind of bobbing around 200k mark and really need the uh, the bench boost in 36 to really pay off so the week, the week just to go and finally Harry see that you did a little bit better than me yeah so 64 all out pretty much carried solely by Son's 38. I didn't have very much else to write home about. Robertson with a six, Cancelo with a five, but the ownership of those two is very high and Saka with a four. Apart from that, it's a lot of ones and twos around my team. Son's 38 carried me through. I've been on the wrong side of Kane and Son for a fair few weeks and then wildcard, I made the switch from Kane into Son and didn't really fancy him that much for captaincy given how I saw him actually performing game week 34, but I didn't love the options elsewhere and I was fairly convinced that Salah's minutes would be managed. Whether he started or not, I wasn't sure, but Armand went on Son against what I thought would be a heavily rotated Leicester. So happy with that. Up now inside the top 4K and thinking that we sat here two and a half weeks ago and I was 35K. It's been quite a, quite a, quite a couple of weeks um, for me. So yeah, two chips to play in the last three game weeks. So hoping that it keeps going in the way that it has done over the past the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it's a thoroughly frustrating that one, that one with Son. I just, obviously as a non-Son owner, just because it was one of those where you were never, like I've had Kane since game in 24 and I just don't think you'd ever, apart from if you're on wildcard, make the move to remove Kane for Son. It's just one of those, which is so kind of far off the table, but you, the points don't lie and it's been incredibly punishing to be on the wrong side of that. So yeah, good move for you to remove him on wildcard, that's, that's for sure. Interestingly, it's a question that we've I've been asked a couple of times over the past week is if you have Kane in your in your team now, is it is it too late to make that switch with Son sort of continuously outperforming him? Son, you know, pushing Salah for the golden boot, for example. I've thrown a question in way ahead of anything in the schedule, but it is, you know, are we are we thinking it's too late? Are we thinking it's only to do I think the way I view it, and I think people will be thinking this, is if you do Kane to Richarlison, for example, and we'll talk about some of these assets in more detail later, and then do a cheap up to Son, I think that's fine. But I'm not sure I would do the the Son in for like a fodder, Kane to a fodder. I think that's a bit late. But if you can move them around, I don't think Kane down and Son, Son in is a bad move, especially with the couple of fixes they've got towards the end of the season. It's so damn situational now, though, isn't it? Because like most of us would have had plans in place for the last, especially the big one, double game week 36, that we'll come on to. Most of us have had plans in place for that. 
and I mean, I've had you know my transfers pretty much ready to go for the last little while, which haven't included removing Kane for Son. I mean, in a vacuum, of course I'd do it. By the wild card, of course I'd do it. But that you know, I'm looking at like a minus eight or a minus twve or something like that for the sake of free game weeks. It just doesn't seem worth it right now. Uh, maybe I've sunk cost fallacy that I want that I've kind of you know I've gone too far with this plan and I need to kind of um, rethink it. But it does definitely feel like it's one of those where. Um, it's tough to justify in my situation, that's for sure. It's, it's so situational, I think. What do you think, Janesh? I mean, if we had a time machine, right, I think last few game weeks, a lot of us would probably make that switch. I think, like you said, it's very situational. If you've got the freedom of a chip or you've got maybe transfers in hand, I, I think just because transfers are so precious at this moment in time, moving from Kane to Son, for example, that's that's at least two transfers. So yeah. for me, I'm, I'm quite comfortable just keeping Kane to the end of the season, but... You know, if I could do it all again, I, of course I would. I would have some. Yeah, um, Nick, former and returning co-host, has gone from about 60k to about 10k by dint of having Son over the last few weeks it's just absolutely amazing isn't it really and moving on to the um, in league as well it's a real sort of pronounced difference of the Son haves and the Son nots um, up top it's still hack on Mangerson he's been top for about five or six weeks now but his lead which was once 35 points is now just four 37 points only for hack on this week Ryan Andrews Ryan Mackey right behind him now um, with Son the captain for him this week as is Chris Turner uh, 72 points as it stands I should say uh, minus four for Chris uh, Son again the captain there that's meant that Lucky Prophet Troy Hope who sadly captain Salah for that one pointer only got 45 this week and Bruno number one James Coe down to fifth that's a Kane captaincy in sixth Artanista Jochim Lengroff De Bruyne captain so it's going to go to Vice Kane I think that will take him up to about 58 this week in seventh saying where he is as well it is what it is Steve Jones 41 points for him in eighth, down from fifth, it's always in Kerwan, the special one, uh, Sterling captain. Oh, that's got to be a bit frustrating. See why you went there, but wow, you must really hate the guy. In ninth, staying where he is as well, uh, Santiago, Santiago Munez, Sam McAfee, 44 points for him, a Kane captain there too. And finally, in tenth, staying where he is as well, shakes and weights, Robert Paul, captain Salas with uh, the Cancello voice, but, but did bring in Foden, so a slight bit of positivity there. And moving on, it's finally to the market force in this little section. And there's not much going on apart from Gabriel Jesus having over 55, well, 55 transfers in, double the amount to any other player in the game with Nketiah coming in second. Seems to be finding his starting place in that Manchester City team with the amount of forwards that we don't really have this season. Are people just trying to fill a void in that, take a gamble that maybe he starts three of the last four games between now and the end of the season? He's returned points in both his last two starts. What do you think, guys? Jesus in or is it a bit reactionary? Do we think once, you know, the Foden's, the Grealish's, the De Bruyne's come back in from after the Champions League semi-final goes, Mares as well, is his place in the starting lineup going to stay because Pep loves a player on form? Or do we think that's a bit short-lived, the returns that we're getting from Jesus? Tanesh? I mean, it's always hard trying to guess what Pep Roulette is going to do. But I think he feels quite, nailed, not nailed on, but I think he feels quite comfortable with the, the lineup that he likes going with in the Champions League with uh, Mares, Sterling and uh, or Foden and, and De Bruyne playing that sort of false nine. So I guess you can take some sort of comfort that Jesus might be more more likely to play the league. But like you said, it's quite a, a, quite a punty pick. And he's just at an awkward price point, I think, unless you've really got no other moves to make. Like we'll talk about probably better off going for someone like 
Richarlison or Watkins, um, who who are you know got better fixtures potentially, um, and you know not so rotation prone um, as we expect with Jesus. So, yeah, probably not one for me. I think it, it just reflects the dearth of strike options, really, doesn't it? That if anyone does anything, suddenly um, you've got this kind of undercurrent of individuals in the market who are just leaping to get this player in, but. You're right, Harry, to have a bit of scepticism about um, Jesus, indeed any of the City forwards um, or midfielders um, going into this double game week. I mean, that's why I personally have just got Cancelo in the port and I'm happy to kind of leave it there, I think, uh, for now. Uh, you mentioned Richarlison uh, being brought in um, there to Nesha, 45,000 chances in, in for him. Uh, just below Nketiah, uh, who's got 50,000 chances in thus far. A cheap option, do not jaws. In fourth, Alonso is still being brought in for some reason. We'll have some questions about that later on, but that just looks a bit that looks a bit bizarre to me and in fifth has transferred in Emmanuel Dennis people not getting the memo about Watford's recent performances and just seeing he's got double game week and thinking hey what the hell I'll get the Nigerian super eagle in and being sold Reggie on people still held this guy Really? Okay. Uh, in the second, uh, second most sold, uh, Ivan Tony. Uh, third is Armando Breuer, who I've had for absolutely ages, and I, I'm still scratching my head as to why um, I've had him first up the last couple of weeks, blocking six pointers. Uh, that have been ten points I really needed. But hey, there we go. Um, and you know, it's, it's just a, a kind of a collection of lesser own players, um, all making up the top ten at the moment um, on either side. And I think we'll kind of just see how the land settles really after uh, the Champions League, just because there's so much more information to come. Right, so we're here. It's the big one. Let's talk about it indeed. And I just want to see, first off, where we're all at with it. I mean, Harry, you're bench boosting, same as me, aren't you? And Tanesh, where, where are you with uh, with this? I don't, you haven't got any chips at all, have you? No chips left to play, but I think I'm in quite a good position for 36. I've, I've kind of just been scanning what other people are doing with their chips and sort of what teams they're trying to get towards. So for me, it's, a, it's sort of a little bit of trying to protect my rank but you know make sure I've I've got the players that I want to get in and I think the um the transfers that I've made in the last few weeks have, have always had sort of 36 and 37 in mind so yeah I, I think I'm in quite a good position and most likely I think I'll take a hit this week just to get in some of the players that I'm looking at for for the big double game week. Yeah, I've still got my free hit to play next week as well. So slightly different to you, Tom, I believe. You haven't got your free hit for 37. So I've got bench boost 36, free hit 37. So again, focusing pretty much on this week and not looking at the two game weeks after very much, as opposed to you two. Oh, that makes sense. But I guess looking at this week in the, in the, in the kind of the first place, who will the key men this week be? I mean, what, what's the kind of the best kind of set of fixtures that are out there? Yeah, there are a few teams that stand out for me in terms of if you look plainly on the fixtures. I think Leicester, Everton and Norwich at home is probably the best double game week we have. Chelsea against Wolves and then Leeds is also very nice. And then you have Manchester City with Newcastle and Wolves. You could also throw Watford in there with Crystal Palace and Everton. On paper, those four are probably the the sort of doubles that I like the most. But again, as you say, the motivation factor really comes into play. We know what Leicester have done when they've had European fixtures around double game weeks or even around single game weeks. We know the amount of rotation that we saw at the weekend against that Tottenham side who then went on to run riot against them. Everton Norwich look great both at home, but again, I can't see any of their players really starting both games. I think it's very difficult to predict. We've spoken a lot about Schmeichel in goal being the only one that I think we're confident starts 
double game weeks or starts every single game week between now and the end of the season. But the thing is that I keep saying with him is it might be great that Schmeichel starts, but if you've got a different back four in front of you every single game you play, it doesn't bode well for the clean sheets that you're potentially keeping. I don't mind him. And if I was still buying a goalkeeper between now and the end of the season, I think it would still be Schmeichel just based off the amount of fixtures that they've got, plus the fixtures that they have in 38 as well, being Southampton at home. But I can't really see myself investing in Leicester elsewhere. And I know people will have Madison and Barnes still in their team. I'd still be looking to sell them now, even if they get knocked out of Europe. Are you guys on the same plane? If you had Madison, if you had Barnes, Tanesh, would you hold those guys or would you be looking to move them on? Yeah, Madison was was one I was really keen to get in for the 33 double. And I decided against it just purely because I didn't want to deal with the the rotation. And I think it's been pretty clear over the last few game weeks that he just wants to keep players like Madison, um, Fardy, you know, the key, the key men for, for Leicester fit for, for this Europa Conference League sort of cup run. Um, so for me, they're all in, they're all in a void. Um, I've got Schmeichel. I'm happy with Josh Schmeichel from Leicester. And I think it will stay that way. Uh, like you said, I think I wouldn't go anywhere near anyone else. But maybe it might change if they do get knocked out, just because they've got really nothing else to play for other than the league, I guess, at that point. So they've got a great double on paper, but not for me. The next one we mentioned being Watford. Again, I think none of us are particularly looking at Watford, although my bench boost does include triple Watford, which I'm looking at now and thinking, how have I got to this stage in the season with a bench boost? I've held it all this long thinking the bench boost is the best chip. I'm going to wildcard and really plan for this bench boost and it'll be great. And I'm sat here with Foster, Dennis and Jao Pedro as part of my bench boost with Anthony Gordon in there as well. Won't need to talk too much about Watford, but the other two teams that we mentioned are probably the two teams on the tip of everyone's tongues the most with Chelsea and Man City. If we start with with Chelsea, they were hot property going into 34. People held yeah. them for 35 where they ended up all starting, which I think was a surprise to everyone. Do we think there's a chance that actually happens again going into 36? The top four race, they're now only three points above Arsenal. Wolves at home leads, but then it is that sort of FA Cup final after that in 36. Tom, Chelsea Assets, what's your plan with them? I sold them last week. I sold Havertz to get Cancelo in, actually. But we have had a few questions about this too, just because you know people are so interested to see kind of what's going on with, with the Chelsea players. Because I think you know, this this game week, it kind of made sense. Tisha said himself, there was no kind of game midweek so there's no reason for him to really rotate too much but I do think as you said absolutely bloody ages ago or it feels like ages ago now Harry that Leeds game is one you've got to circle underline and think yeah that, that's a game where you know all bets are off it could be the B team it could be the C team it could be you know like some Conor Gallagher brought back from loan for a one game only stint or something like that. It's just going to be so unpredictable that particular game that I think that if you look at your Chelsea assets now, you've got to probably look at them as single game week assets. And um, I think that that's probably just the way of it. And we had a couple of questions as well about that. Um, so friend of the pod, Adam Pritchard said, is it worth disembarking from the Chelsea roller coaster and sending the likes of James, Mount, etc. So, I mean, I was obviously massively relieved when Richarlison did his goal, frankly, to wipe out that clean sheet and the fact that Havertz didn't punish me this week. But even if I was holding on Chelsea assets, I'd still be kind of 
if I didn't have anything better to do, I would be looking to get rid of them, I think, just because they are single game week assets now. There's no game around that. Albeit, you know, game first seven, Leicester at home and game at 38, Watford at home. Those aren't bad fixtures. So, I mean, if you've got other things to do, don't worry about it. At least you've got kind of a home game against Wolves, which is okay. Potentially a sub on against Leeds. But I think that's kind of a little bit unlikely, isn't it? Um, so maybe if you do have better options in mind, look at the likes of, Maybe, I don't know if you've got Werner, maybe if you've got Werner, maybe look at Richarlison. If you've got one of the midfielders to move on, there are probably better options out there. If you can get a Man City player in, like Foden, for example, for Havertz, that might be worth a look. What do you think, Harry? I mean, would you be looking to move your Chelsea assets on then in this situation? Yeah, so I think, first of all, it's quite interesting. Chelsea versus Leeds is where we're expecting a fair amount of rotation. And I think that will be the case unless we lose or drop points to Wolves. But if that's the case, then your Chelsea assets are unlikely to get points against Wolves anyway if they're not if we're not winning that game. So you're probably only going to get one game that they're winning and picking up points together. So again, it is that sort of single game week. I think Havertz has been pretty poor the past couple of games. And I think a switch to Foden is almost guaranteed for me unless he picks up an injury yeah. into the in the Champions League. Foden looked good. He had extra set pieces. He had extra freedom without De Bruyne. I'm not under any illusion that maybe he'll be as free-reigning and as involved maybe as we saw him at the weekend. I do think it's worth bearing that in mind that De Bruyne not being on the pitch definitely made Foden's FPL output look better than than maybe it will look with Foden back in, with De Bruyne back in. But I think he's a good option. The issue for me is when we look in defence, and I was also very sure that my second free transfer this week was going to be Reese James to Laporte, which looked like it made a lot of sense. To Laporte doubles this week. And then they have Villa at home in the final week of the season. However, I'm now looking at it thinking, okay, let's say Reese James doesn't start Leeds. Would I rather Reese James at home to Wolves, at home to Watford, or would I rather Laporte in Newcastle, Wolves, and Aston Villa? The three games of Laporte as a centre back versus two games for Reese James, hopefully playing back as a wing back, which he has done in the past couple of games. The more I think about it, the more I think. Is that really that big a good a use of a free transfer? The defenders, because of how they explosive they are, I'm slightly umming and ahhing about whether it's a really valuable use of a free transfer. And actually, I think the attackers is a great place to use the transfer. There are a lot of midfielders, but because of what those defenders can do in a single game, it feels like a very big luxury now to move James, Alonso or Rudiger out for Laporte or Diaz or someone like that. What do you think, TT? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mentioned this to you, Harry, because I was in a similar boat. I I was originally like quite set on getting Cancelo in um, to my team this week. And I, I think that's probably quite an important subject to touch on just because I feel like just watching Cancelo, he's, he's not quite the same player playing at right back. And I don't know if that's a system change or if that's because he's playing with someone like Mares on the right-hand side who, who really holds that width and he's not really getting that licence to to push on and, and get those crosses into the box. He, he's tucking in quite a lot, quite centrally. And I think there's more of the overload on the left-hand side for, for City. Um, and, that, and that's purely just a system thing. Um, so I don't know. I've, I've really changed my mind on, on getting Cancelo this week. Um, but I guess going back to your question about Laporte in for, for a Chelsea defender, um, I actually sold Rudiger a few game weeks ago just because I, I just... I just wasn't impressed at all um, with sort of Chelsea's defensive output. I think clearly, you know, the the motivations aren't quite there for the league and and there is an eye on the FA Cup. But I think recent results have, have sort of really changed that outlook. And 
you can't really go into that FA Cup final expecting a good performance against Liverpool with the with the current form that you're in. So I'm sure Thomas Tuchel will, will look to rectify that. And like you said, things are a lot tighter in the league than I think Chelsea expected. But I fully expect, you know, if, if Chelsea need a win at the end of the season, they will beat Watford. So Chelsea is a team I will probably target, I think, in game week 38. But to be honest, I think they're quite a comfortable sell um, for me, <laughs> to be honest, just because, like you said, I think the rotation is going to be there um, with James. I don't know, maybe he will play both games, but I think Tuchel has been very protective of James just because he knows how important he is to the team. And is he going to take the risk three days before an FA Cup final for that second game? I, I really don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows? Harry Vale is probably going to make an appearance. Maybe it could get to that at some point. Yeah, so. maybe that sort of play. Yeah, yeah. You, and you've got Mount, haven't you? I mean, I have you, got Mount. Are you, are you holding him? Are you going to move yeah. him out for somebody else? Like, yeah, I think I will move him out to to Gordon. Funnily enough, to this Gordon. Weekend. Wow, Those yeah, are my... um, yeah. I, I had nailed on Kulisevsky as my transfer out to Gordon, but I think it will be Mount now. Um, just because, like you said, I think it's going to be a single game week fixture for for Chelsea this week, and I don't know. I, I just haven't been impressed with sort of output and yeah I think that just makes more sense to keep Kulisewski given the sort of motivation chat that we've had and you know Tottenham, Tottenham have got it all to play for so I'm, I'm quite happy to keep Kulisewski now. And that, that's the thing with Chelsea I think that they are kind of slightly out of the motivation factor if you are going to believe that's a thing um, I mean obviously it's kind of started to creep up a little bit of people saying oh yeah but obviously they're professional footballers there's no way that they're not going to be performing in the same way as they have throughout the course of the season but the reality is that you can you already see the drop off in for example the, the distance has run um, and the kind of the, le- the, la- the less predictable nature of the output that you're getting Another good example this week was Aston Villa. Um, I mean, I, I succumbed to it somewhat getting Ramsey in, but I mean, that caught fire in, in FPL land. Everybody was kind of jumping on Villa and saying that this is probably going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to do very, very well. But no, Norwich dominated them, to be honest. It, it wasn't the best game for Villa. I mean, obviously, you got the goal for Watkins if you did own him, got a clean sheet for the defensive assets, but nonetheless, it didn't look great to the eye. Um, so it kind of makes me wonder, looking at kind of the hierarchy of motivation, whether transfers should be focused on the likes of Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, the players, the teams that you said have got it all to play for. And at the other end, Everton, Burnley, and potentially even Leeds, who look like they're going to be, well, look like they're incredibly vulnerable all of a sudden with a Burnley's resurgence under Michael Jackson. Bit of a thriller there. I mean, what do you, you make of that one, Harry? Like, if I, For example, me this week, I bought Richarlison because I was just so impressed with his flare throwing, um, and like with the second with the second player, like I, I've got Breuer to get rid of, and I'm just not interested in any team outside of that little set. Just because at the end of the day, it, it just becomes like less appetizing to buy a player from a team who, who don't have anything left to play for beyond like you know finishing twelfth rather than thirteenth. Yeah, and actually, I looked before this, and Leeds are apart from Watford and Norwich, our favourites now to go down. And I think we'll talk about them before game week 38. If it's going to game week 38 and they're away at Brentford, I think the likes of Rafinha could end up being a talk about the motivation factor of player we talk about then. I think buying into Aston Villa is completely dependent on whether you're playing your free hit in game week 37 or not. If you're not playing your free hit in game week 37, a double-double, which does include two fixtures against Burnley, although they've looked better recently, have still conceded enough chances that you'd expect you know, a front three of Coutinho, Watkins, Ings to get a few chances against them. If you're not, if you are free hitting in game week 37, though, I think they 
rapidly drop down the sort of priority order. A Burnley away fixture this week, a Liverpool fixture as well, followed by Manchester City in game week 38 is one of the most difficult runs if you take 30 out of 37 out of the equation. So yes, I think you can go buying into them, but I definitely don't think that they're a priority buy now. If I was looking at Aston Villa in comparison to Everton, for example, would I invest in you know, Pickford or Martinez? Would I invite would I invest in Cash or Mikelenko? Would I invest in Gordon or Ramsey or or you know Watkins or Richarlison? And I think I, th- I would say in at least three of those four, I'd be going on the Everton side of the coin just because of that motivation factor, just because every single fixture between now and the end of the season is possible that they get something in. Whereas Villa, yes, you know, they've got assets that we like. There's just games that I'm just not that fussed that I think they'll be as up for as the opponents they're playing in. We were drawn into Villa because of that Norwich fixture in 35 as well. And now that that's gone... Again, I'm much more in favour of buying into Everton assets than I am buying into Villa assets, given what they showed against Chelsea, into Chelsea in the weekend. Tanesh, again, Villa versus Everton, two teams I think people will be investing pretty heavily in. Are you team Everton, team Richarlison, team flair thrower, or are you going with Villa? Well, I'm team both, I guess, (laughs) because I held Coutinho. Um, since his, I think it was 28 or 29, uh, where he had that really good performance in that yeah. game. And it, it just kind of just stuck because I, I was putting out other fires. So it just made sense just to hold him through. And like like everyone else, I, I fell for the... Well, I say I fell for the trap because I got in cash this week. So I was quite happy with the clean sheet. Um, but he didn't really look like he was, he was getting involved at all in sort of the play. So yeah, I, I'm completely with you, Harry. I think Everton, for me, stand out. Um, a lot more just given that they've got everything to play for everything's on the line and the irony is I think I'm benching both of my Villa players um, this game week so I'm planning to sell them in 38 so really I'm only holding them for the 37 double Um, so was it a good buy probably not to be honest in the grand scheme of things and yeah I think at this point if you're looking between the two teams you've probably got to prioritise Everton I'd say albeit I don't think they're goal machines at all. Um, no. But I think factoring in just the talisman factor of Richarlison, which I like a lot, I think a goal in each game, I think you're laughing, aren't you, if, if that happens in the double. Yeah, and probably potential captaincy pick as well in 37 with those two home fixtures, Brentford and Crystal Palace. Um comes something, doesn't it, when you get to this time of the season when you're kind of looking at teams like Everson that we've just completely forgotten about throughout the course of the year save a Michael Keane disaster or two. Um, and suddenly these guys are, are kind of high in mind, top of the menu, but no, you completely understand it. And I, I do think it does, as we've been talking about, ad nauseam come down to that factor of motivation. Um, one thing I just want to mention here as well is kind of the Man City factor a little bit. So I think kind of we mentioned it slightly with Cancelo, slightly in the port, and then you two gents obviously trying to figure out what you do in terms of those guys and in terms of the midfield as well. I think Harry said he's looking at moving Foden in. Um, there's, uh, we have got a few questions this week. Uh, FPL Fledgling and Abir Das asked if we would be thinking potentially about buying Kevin De Bruyne via selling one of the Spurs guys. So selling a Son or a Kane, just because I think people looking at a Liverpool game in particular for Spurs and thinking, well, you know, 
perhaps that's not going to be as fruitful um, as a Newcastle and Wolves double for someone like De Bruyne, especially when hopefully you know the Champions League would have been, um, it will be clear what City's face is in the Champions League. And if they're out, then surely it will just be all about kind of winning the league and um, as steamrollerish a way as possible. I mean, we do have a bit of information to come in terms of the Champions League, but I mean, Tanesh, what do you think about that potential idea. I, mean, I know it is definitely in mind for people to be selling likes of Kane on Son to finance De Bruyne. Yeah, I think De Bruyne, if you know, if there is no restrictions in your team, is probably the best captain this week. Outside of of Salah, um, I think it's, I guess, going back to the sort of perspective pick, De Bruyne is probably your best chance. I think to to really push and gain rank, and he's going to be the upside pick. Um, for sure, because I think City, you know, they want to make sure they win. If they can win the league, it's in their hands. So, you know, there's, there's no reason why I think um, City are going to sort of reduce sort of the output and their performances. Um, I think we saw even they didn't play their best game against Leeds, but they still managed to put full past them. And that's what City are capable of. I think you can always expect at least two or three goals from City. And, you know, De Bruyne will be involved in at least you know, 50 or 60% of those goals. So if I had that luxury, I, I would absolutely love to make that move. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you know, Kane is an absolute North London derby merchant and that is someone I don't want to miss out on um, for that game in particular. And I think that Liverpool game is a bit of a banana skin game. Um, uh, for With Spurs, you know, I think they're probably one of the best counter-attacking teams in the league. And if there's anyone that can really exploit that high line, that Liverpool play, I think it is Spurs um, with Son playing off the last man. You know, he's so good and the understanding that Kane and Son have, I, I think they can really do something against Liverpool. So I wouldn't be rushing to sell, but I think if if it's something you're looking to to really try and make a final push um, in terms of gaining rank, I, I can definitely back that because I think De Bruyne is a real standout captain this week. Yeah, I, I I think similarly, I think the reason Foden is great is because a lot of us are sat here with Chelsea midfielders in their team. So it's very easy for that sideways moves to happen, you know, to go from Havertz, you know, mount into Foden. It makes a lot of sense and it's a very easy transfer. It is how difficult De Bruyne is to get into our teams. If you are chasing, then great. It's a risk that I would probably understand people chasing rank, taking, you know, moving Son if you had to, or moving Kane down, for example, and, and moving someone in your midfield up in order to get him in. But I find it very difficult to sell Son. I've got Son in my team and there's not, you know, even a thought of selling him for De Bruyne crossing my mind. If you look, yes, it's Liverpool and Arsenal this week, but Burnley at home and Norwich away in 37 and 38. I have had a lot of flack on Twitter about whether I think Son has a chance of getting the golden boot and whether I think there's any chance that Harry Kane hands over his penalty duties if it ever gets that close, But I, I which I think is probably unlikely and it's, we can't really hypothesise in that way. But he's capable of scoring four goals across those two final games, which in theory would put him level with Salah. I think Son is going to be absolutely gunning it over the last four game weeks of the season. The form he's shown, the goal he scored against Leicester at the weekend with his weak foot just shows the confidence that he's got and the form that, that he's showing. I wouldn't sell Son, but maybe I'd sell Kane. I think the very popular double transfer of Kane to Richarlison and Habits to Son or Habits to De Bruyne is something that I would strongly consider, but I don't think I would sell Son given the form that he's in at the moment. 
it's, it's the 50-50 of Son versus Kane that I, puts me one way or the other, depending on who you own. Tom? It just doesn't seem worth us as selling a player in quote-unquote form. I guess we're kind of striving, aren't we, at this point for differentials. I mean, that's the key. Just because if you look at your team, um, you know, we look at all of our teams. I'm just looking at you guys, what you sent me. Like we've got so many players in common, um, albeit one mad person's got three Watford players. Let's, let's not talk about that. Um, I just wonder whether there's any kind of scope for a, a differential as we've all got this kind of smaller cohort of teams to focus on that we're actually interested in for ascribing motivation facts and things like that too. Like you've got people buying in Jesus, which does make sense. People looking to kind of maybe find ways to Jimmy in KDB. Um, what, what do you guys make of in differentials this week? I mean, could there be, for example, single game week interest? Or is it just a case of kind of saying, you know what, my differential is that compound differential idea. I've got the whole this whole team all together. Less people have got this. Therefore, I have differential in of itself. Um, what do you think of that, Tanesh? Um, differentials. Yeah, I think at this point in the season, you know, it, it becomes even harder to find these sort of very low-owned um, picks. But I think a very underrated part of the game is captaincy. And you can definitely make massive gains just going for a potential differential captain in itself, as shown by Son this week. I mean, people who who had Son captain absolutely flew up rank-wise. And I wouldn't say that was particularly differential captain. I think that was a, it was a very sensible choice given the Leicester situation in terms of rotation and just how good Son's form was. Um you know that would that would seem like a very not an obvious move, but I think it was you know it wasn't it wasn't anything out of the ordinary, right? So I think this game shows at times that you don't need to be searching necessarily for for these very rogue or or picks that you know no one else is really thinking about, and you can really make strides just just going for for a different captain, for example. And I think that's where someone like De Bruyne this week, who is going to be very um, he's going to be quite low owned um, as a captain option. I think you'd obviously worry about his minutes, but given his output and what he's capable of, um, you know, that could be someone who could really progress you up the ranks just going for that pick as a captaincy option this week. Yeah, given he didn't play this week as well, I do like De Bruyne again. I'm very much against the idea of picking differentials for differential sake. I hate the idea of just, oh, he's low owned, so I'll pick him over someone who's a proven and a better asset. At the end of the day, you need to get pick the player that's going to score the most points between now and the end of the season. There are a few that I look at and I quite like. Mikalenko at Everton as a you know defender, everyone you know piling into the likes of Laporte, for example, again, who's only got a ceiling of probably six. You could hope for a header now or then between now and the end of the season, but not most centre-backs score that on a regular basis. So I would. I quite like what he can offer up the left-hand side for Everton. They're fighting. They've got a lot to play for. Leicester after their European game, then Watford, then Brentford and Crystal Palace, both at home, four games quickly. He had chances against Chelsea as well. He's only 4.9 million. People going in on the likes of Matty Cash. I quite like him as an alternative. And the other one that I've been speaking quite a lot about recently is Wilfred Zaha. Although they don't double this week, a home fixture against Watford, she's more than capable of getting double game week worth of points in that one. And then in 37, as we said, he'll be a very popular asset going into that one with Aston Villa away, Everton away before Manchester United on the final day of the season, which is, you know, not a diff, not a dreadful fixture to have, especially at home. 
So yes, because he's not doubling this week, people won't look at him. But I do think, especially because he didn't play this week, I quite like what he has. He'll definitely be in my free hit next week as as a good differential. He'll probably go up quite highly owned next week. But generally, I try to stay away from the idea of differentials for differential's sake. Tom, unfortunately, not at the rank that we are fighting with at the moment. Are you looking at De Bruyne as a captain? Are you looking at these specific picks to try and boost up a little bit of ground over the final few weeks? Oh, really, because it's still minus eight taken. Like it's, it's one step forward, two steps back on something like that, isn't it? I mean, what's the point? Um, if, if it was if it was a perfect world as you've both described, of course I'd be buying De Bruyne almost definitely. But I think as it stands, I won't be doing that. I think I'm going to have to probably um, a captain with the herds, probably with with Salah, and just take it from there. I mean, the, the only transfer I've got to make really is Breuer out, and that annoyingly leaves me at five point nine million. Um, the the choices are pretty scant. It's either Dennis or someone like Matessa or Vidra, um, or just some someone in the fun zone, like you know that guy Welbs, something like that. I just I, I don't need this player basically from now on. So I'm, I'm not really hitting either using my bench boost or so on and so forth. So it's literally just one week pump. Um, so it could be target United because they're rubbish, albeit they're winning three nil, um, or I just kind of go for the mins with um, likes of Dennis or set myself up for next week with a Mateta. I don't know. It, it's really kind of, it's really kind of um, plumbing the depths of, isn't it, of acceptability when it comes to pickups in that kind of striker slot. I think just in general, you're right about not kind of overdoing it with the differentials to some extent. Um, as I've said so many times throughout the years, that just the idea of that compound differential is so important. Like having that group of players who are decent, who are going to do the job and function for you as a unit is probably a bit better um, than going all out and dismembering your team um, just for the sake of those lovely kind of rolling fixtures that you see um, when you look at the, the My Team screen. So, captains-wise, um, we'll smash through this pod very quickly, but I think it's one of those where... You know, there's not a loads to speak about. It's just more about the co- the content with regards to um, understanding this game week. And I think it's probably pretty well licked. I think most of us have had a decent idea of what we're going to do uh, for quite a while. So I don't think there's too much to cover. Um, but Blue, t- Blue Nick's FPL, he's asked, who would you triple captain to hold off the bench boost horde? And Andy Martin has asked, you know, would you captain Liverpool? or Man City defender over uh, one of the attackers. Uh, I guess Salah's going to be the EO king this week. I, I can't really see it going any other way. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of half fancied, you know, like likes of Cancelo or Laporte or something like that. You know how these players do perform in double game week. You could probably just as easily find that they get you 24 points from a captaincy and Salah may blank on one of the games, but... It, it feels like one of those where people are going to lump on Salah and let the rest of the team sort of do the talking. And it might be that I do that as well. Although, you know, at 200k, maybe the argument is, hey, you know what, man, you got to um, take that punt um, with that sort of player. But I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think for me, it's a very straightforward Salah captain. Um, I'm quite happy that he's probably going to be the standout this week just because it's not really going to affect my position. And likewise, it's, you know, the the other players that I think, like you said, that are going to probably bring in points um, that are going to make any sort of rank difference. So, yeah, I think the fact that he had the rest against Newcastle just makes it even more comfortable that he'll probably play both those games. Um, just something that I thought about is that I guess KDB doesn't really have penalties. Um, so, you know, you're paying almost 12 million for a player, you know, who you're solely relying on free kicks, corners, or just 
a goal from potentially outside the box or you know and I think that that factors in quite a lot given that a lot of these other players like Kane Salah are quite beneficial from um, penalties themselves so I can you know I feel quite confident going Salah this week um, and it is a little bit of a risk De Bruyne obviously with the minutes and that sort of non-penalty factor um, um, sort of factoring that in as well but uh, I really like the the shout for the the city defender. I think that's always a fairy tale story, isn't it? When I don't, I think it was last season maybe that uh, Diaz John, John Stones scored John twice Stone, in a double, yeah, which I absolutely loved because I had both of them. So yeah, that that's sort of playing on my mind a little bit now. I, I might actually reconsider my second city defender just because we know, like you said, Tom, what what city defenders do on the on a double game week. So yeah, not not a bad shout at all. I remember I was sitting there on the on the weekends when you saw um, Diaz knocking it down to Ake, and there's me sat with Cancelo in the port, just like, really? Come on, guys, seriously. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that it definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, Harry, I'm guessing you're going to keep calm and caps at Salah. I think so, partly because I don't have De Bruyne. If I had De Bruyne, I'd, I wonder if he's the best captaincy option this week. And ugh, being in my position and not wanting to mess it up between now and the end of the season, having a bench boost active, I can kind of let the rest of my team do the talking for me this week, as you say. And I think it will be on, on Salah. Again, the rest in 35 means I'm pretty sure he's going to start every game remaining this season. And he'll be a bit fresher given that they play Tuesday in the Champions League, although it's a quick turnaround from this week into the Tuesday. It's then less of a quick turnaround going into the Tottenham game at the weekend. I do think I'll be on him, but if I, if I was again looking for a differential, and I don't think it's a dreadful week to go against Salah. Yes, he did big things against Manchester United, but if you do take that game out of the equation, his returns have not been that great. And the sort of Manchester United game shut up all that talk about Salah's returns have not been good because we all saw what he can do again in that game. But his returns have not been as prolific as maybe we've seen. If I was going to go against him, De Bruyne would probably be the number one. Cancelo would probably be the number two. Trent as well, given that he was rested. There's comments from Klopp about Simakas potentially playing, but he didn't want to rotate both fullbacks. So, you know, there's a chance that Robertson gets his rest in one of these. So Trent would probably come in next and then Richarlison again, potentially. But it would probably be De Bruyne or... Cancelo that I would go with if I wasn't going on Salah, but I am going to be on Salah come the weekend unless anything happens tomorrow evening. Fun fact, Salah only needs to score four more points to for this to be his second best season in, in FPL ever. Um, he's actually got more assists than he's ever had before in FPL as well right now. So it's, it's amazing how kind of we take him for granted. And obviously there's, I'm hoping there'll be a little bit of a blowback from um, the Newcastle incident but I find it quite difficult to, to look past him. I know I probably should be captaining elsewhere. I know I probably should be kind of shooting for the moment and hoping for a John Stone-style performance from the port. But I think the downside of of, of that um, and just kind of the general stress of uh, not captaining Salo and everyone else has is, is quite, is, I find that quite difficult to do these days. Maybe when I was younger uh, and uh, more debonair, I was able to handle that a bit better. Um, uh, let's look at Nick's question for a second um, about the triple captaincy in terms of holding off the bench boost horde. Would you guys still say, you know what, just go, just go with Salah, play it safe? Or would you be more tempted to kind of say, well, everyone else is bench boosting. If you're trying to hold position or trying to um, match a bench booster, if you've got any triple captain left, 
would you guys still be advocating yet yeah, shove it on Salah or would you be kind of saying hey you know if you can get a KDB in or if you can kind of take a punt on maybe a defender or maybe a Trent or a Robertson would you be kind of looking at that I'd still I'd still be putting on Salah and the reason for it is the bench boosters will majority of them will be going on Salah because they will think my bench boost can do a lot of the work a lot of the heavy lifting and I will put it on Salah if you go with your triple captain against Salah you run a massive massive risk of Salah doing well and your triple captain in your triple captain even with the triple being outscored by the double of Salah I think again if you are chasing and you have De Bruyne then potentially go with him over over Salah but I just really do not have it in me as a manager to triple captain against Salah we saw what he's capable of doing earlier in the season with a triple we've seen it in single games how he's capable of calling like no one else in the league is capable of doing, I would still be putting on on Salah. Take that probably 140% EO gain that you have with a triple over maybe the 160 that the average person has. That's still pretty good. If Salah scores, you know, 15 points over the double, that's probably what you'd expect the average bench boost to score between 15 and 20. You hope that Salah matches that score and then you again hope that the rest of your your 11 can do the talking I would still be putting it on Salah TT yeah I, I completely agree I mean I didn't captain I didn't triple captain Salah in the infamous game week 26 masterclass and I, I did not look back from there I knew when the opportunity came again that I had to do it so I think it's bad enough going against Salah for one game but to do it for two games that I mean that's a frightening position so I think it's a no-brainer. I think, you know, Salah's capable of anything on his day. So yeah. if you want the best output, can't go wrong with Salah. Um, but again, you know, it's all circumstantial. Triple captain is one of those chips where you're not going to be looking at massive games. It's it's guaranteed games, right? It, unlike free hit, which is is quite fluctuating in terms of, you know, it can, it can go horribly wrong or it can go really well. Um, so, you Definitely. know, I think yeah. you can, you can, put it on someone and, and know that you're going to get something. But if to max, to really maximize, I think it's got to be Salah to be honest this week. Cool. Um, just to cover up a couple of um, uh, chip questions as well. So Rohan Pandit um, asked, well, I think it's quite a situational one. So maybe we'll have to kind of just give it, give an answer theoretically, but would you free hit in 36 or 37 if that was your remaining chip? Obviously that depends very much on your team, but Harry, like, you know, you, your team, you're, you're looking to free hit in 37, obviously bench boost this week. We'll talk about bench boost in a sec. Um, is it just the nature of how the games kind of flop out that you're doing it that way? Yeah, it's partly the nature of how my team is set up. But I think a lot of the teams that you want in 36, you want in 38 as well. Whereas the teams that you buy into in 37, you don't want on the final day of the season. It works quite well as a sort of duo of game weeks. For example, Arsenal double this week. They have Everton at home on the final day. Chelsea double. They have Watford at home on the final day. You know, Liverpool double, Wolves at home on the final day, Manchester City double with Villa at home on the final day. But if you look at some of the doubles in 37, Palace have Manchester United, Everton have Arsenal away, Villa have Manchester City away, you know, Leicester against Southampton. It's just that those games in 36 go very nicely with the games in 38, whereas 37 feels very much in isolation. And a lot of the players that I want in 36, I'm happy holding for the long term, whereas those 37 players, I'm happy to have a one game week fling with, and then I'll be sure to show them the door after that. It makes a lot of sense. And finally, bench boost. Obviously, we're both on it this week. 
How did your bench boost go, uh, TC? How, how did that end up? Were you on target for, I mean, we always tend to say, don't we, uh, 16 points is the minimum, you know, four times four. Did you hit that? And how do you normally kind of pass your bench boosts? Yeah, I think bench boost for me is the chip I hate the most because I think it's just notoriously yep. exhaustive planning that doesn't really work out. But funny enough, I've probably had the ben- the best bench boost I've ever had by a mile. Um, I bench boosted in 28 um, and I think I got 27 or 28 points, um, which is fantastic considering they were all single game week players, but the single game week players I had were were really good. I had... Trent, I had Salah, I had Saka, um, who all did really well. Um, so it was a really it actually worked out really nicely for me. Um, and I guess part and parcel of the sort of game week 26 to 29 chip strategy, um, which sort of got me to the position where I am. So I'm actually really happy that I played the bench boost at that yeah. time, just because I could just focus my my team on my first 11 and really sort of pull the funds in into that, into that starting 11, where I think a lot of people on bench boost um tom and harry you know both in your position you you, you've got your funds quite spread out and you're kind of pinching pennies at the moment to to get in place for the for the sake of bench boost which i just absolutely hate so yeah yeah, it's one of those chips for me i just knew i had to get rid of as soon as possible so yeah i'm I'm quite really happy actually i don't have to really worry about that no, it's, it's an extremely frustrating chip. I, I actually plan to play it really early around kind of game week 25, 26, something like that, just to get rid of it. One of those sort of uh, makeup doubles, but I just I had injuries and things like that. And it just never really got used. And now kind of, you know, here I am. And you're right about, to some extent, you're right in terms of the, the, the extra money needed. But I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, my bench, obviously my bench boost is going to be Ramsdale, Trent, Robertson and Kane. But no, obviously I know if all 15 players play. I, I don't understand when people get really arsy about it. Like every player plays. It doesn't matter who's on the bench. Like get the fuck over it. Seriously, some people are absolutely losers. But I mean, my bench is actually going to be, you know, if you look at the weakest players, we're going to be like Davis, Ramsey, and, you know, 5.9 million strike, like a Dennis or something and Foster and goal. I mean, that's not the worst. It, it, that is a bench, you know, like none of those players are like ridiculously like I'm, um, sporting a 12th or 13th man well expensively and it's been kind of it's kind of fallen that way this season it's kind of all right with a few kind of key enablers like Ramsey um, and the cheap strikers and things like that but I, I know what you mean and maybe next year it might be good to just kind of get rid of it fairly early and just kind of be able to focus my attention on on building great first 11 although in the last couple of weeks obviously um, having bad benches has hurt a few people that's for sure um, Harry uh, how are you uh, anticipating your bench boost is going to go and how have you done in the past honestly I was just looking at my bench and thinking honestly I've held it and held it and gone with the strap line everyone does oh I'll plan really well for our wild card and then I'll have a great bench boost and it will score me loads of points and now I'm sat here with triple Watford as part of my bench boost I tend to quite like it as a chip because I do think if you plan well for it Yes, it takes up a bit of time before, but if you do wildcard and then bench boost later, you do have the ability to score a lot of points for it. And it can be a very big swing in overall rank if you do if you do play it well. Again, Foster, Jao Pedro, Dennis, Gordon as my bench. When we get a Dennis assist, Jao Pedro goal will be sat here cheering away this time, this time next week. But yeah, I'm not that hopeful for it. It's four of them. Hopefully they all start twice. Jao Pedro might miss out one with King coming in, although King's, you know, not scoring any goals either. 
that's sort of a 15 point, 16 point base. If I get one return across the eight games that I have on my bench, then it puts it up to 20. And I'm quite happy with that. The rest of my starting 11 is good. I have 15 doublers this week. So I'm hoping for one return from eight fixtures on my bench and I'll be happy enough with that. To be honest, I'm not really, not really gunning for anything more. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you might as well just move on to transfers and captains. And um, I think you kind of just already mentioned your team a little bit, Harry. I mean, transfers this week, you, I guess you're all ready to go with the free hit um, I, in 37. Have you, are you going to make, you're going to make one maybe to remove one Chelsea player? Are you take a hit? What are you going to do? Yeah, so I've actually got two free transfers to use this week. So okay. I rolled going into this week. So Kai Havertz to Phil Foden is almost guaranteed unless Foden picks up an injury midweek. The other one was going to be James to Laporte. And I think if it came to the deadline, it would probably still be it because I don't look around my team and think there's necessarily a better use of my transfer. I don't have enough money in the bench to upgrade like Jao Pedro to anyone else who's got a better you know, double. I can't upgrade Foster to anyone with a better double either. So I could do Jao Pedro to Nketiah with my second transfer, but it's at the moment it's James to either Laporte or Diaz and Havertz to Foden with two free transfers. There's absolutely no need for a hit with you know the squad that I'm lining up with this week. So yeah, Havertz to Foden and then something else, potentially James to Laporte. Yeah, you might as well use it before you lose it. That's for sure. It makes exactly. a lot of sense. Um, T, I mean, you're um, not uh, bench boosting, obviously, this week. Mount to somebody, is it? Yeah, I think Gordon is nailed on. Um, who that's for, I guess, is the question. Mm. But I think I've come around to the idea of keeping Kulisewski now. Um, and I guess the, the really good point Harry made is that 36 goes very well with 38. And with that in mind... I don't really want to be losing my Spurs players for that. No, so, that, like, Nor- that Norwich game. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I want my Spurs players in for for 38. So I think I am looking at a hit this week. Um, I, I mean, I can I can definitely get away with, with not taking a hit because, you know, I'm benching cash. And if I do upgrade Brozier to Richarlison, um, which is my second plan transfer for a minus four, then I would be benching Coutinho. Um, so, yeah, originally I had planned to to upgrade Gabriel to Cancelo because I've got the funds for that as well with the downgrade. Um, but, yeah, I'm still in two minds. I think Gordon's pretty nailed, but I think there's just really good upside with, with Richarlison for 36 and 37. Yeah, And, again, it just goes hand in hand with covering myself against people playing free hit in 37 who I know will get in Richarlison. So it, it just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so I think that will probably be what I do. Um, so Mount to Gordon and Brochure to Richarlison for the hit. It's good. I mean, it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it's just nice, the idea of selling uh, Breuer. It really oh, is. Yeah. I, I, will be, I will be doing it. Uh, last night, I sold Chris Wood for Richarlison. So watch him now be banned for throwing that flare into nobody. Um, I've got 15, I've got 14 uh, double game week at the moment my bench boost um obviously i'll be removing broyer for somebody i've got basically a one week punt because my 37 seems actually pretty stacked and i won't need 
that spot. So I could buy Danny Welbick just because I've always wanted to buy him. I've never bought him before and he likes the rubbish. So I could do that. Could, you know, just do something boring and get Dennis or something like that. I don't know, 5.9 million forward. Who even knows? Um, but yeah, no, um, got double City defence um, and Cancelo and Laporte. Um, got Davis, who I'm not expecting very much from. A double Liverpool defence as well. Um, in midfield, Marcelli and Saka. Who knows what will happen there? Jacob Ramsey, lol, four-point hero. Uh, Kulisevsky and Salah, the captain's yarn band. And Richarlison has come in. I think that's a Future proof and really, I think everybody will captain him as in terms of what you were saying, Tanesh uh, 37. I think he'll be a really popular captain in those two home games. And uh, Kane, I'm going to keep around now. I think there are a few things I could do, but I think I'd just leave it to a minus four and hope for the best with 30 players or 29 players as it is. I'm just not convinced that buying a Watford player is a good idea. I think they're just, they're just completely gone now, really, aren't they? Although, you know, you could tell yourself the story that Emmanuel Dennis is trying to, you know, play up to the gallery to get himself a move. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just, yeah, just hoping that um, this is going to be a decent bench boost and not, you know, a, a 95 point week when you've got 30 players just because it's rotation held. But I don't think it will be that way, hopefully. Anyway, right. I think that is your lot, isn't it, Harry? Anything else? No. Nope. Covered everything. Listeners' questions, how we're lining up for this week. Again, three game weeks left. We're almost there for everyone hoping that the season comes to a very quick end. We are, I think, about three weeks away from the final game week of the season taking place. Thank you all for listening. We were Who Got the Assist. And thank you very much for coming on, Tanesh. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Thanks, Harry, for for having me on. Uh, I absolutely love the podcast. I think, you know, it's one of those that are always part of my weekly listen for many years now. So it's absolute pleasure to to be chatting to you guys and yeah all the best for the rest of the season i can't believe there's only three game weeks left but uh i think we all need a, a much needed break soon don't we so yeah definitely i'll hopefully see you in may anyway um hopefully you can yeah, go and get go and get sure. a, a tactical chicken cottage at some point i'm a vegan as well but you know if i start drinking suddenly all of these principles straight out the window anyway um on that bombshell hope we assisted you and um, speak to you very very soon we'll be back next week at some point during the mix of game week 36 i'm sure um in the meantime enjoy uh, have a good week and speak to you very soon goodbye oh it's a goal who got the assist who got the assist Podcast Network.